Hello, hello, and welcome to another hometown daily news show. I am Mayor Watt, and today is February 19th, 2023. Tonight's episode is titled, You Can Get a Blue Checkmark for Free at Hometown? Tonight, we're going to be covering 11 articles. Uh, we're going to start with Magnum PI. If you've never heard of it, we'll introduce you to it. It's leaving CBS and going somewhere else. A cat is filmed with an inhaler because it has feline asthma. And I thought giving a pill to a cat was difficult. Autonomous train bus hybrid can transform city transit. Five new Steam games you probably missed. Mediocre movies might save movie theaters. Eh, not so sure about that. Abbott is under investigation by the SEC and FTC. Following Twitter, Meta launches its own blue checkmark. It's going to cost $15. Hometowns is free. See anime spaceship sim Jump Light Odyssey. Apple's going to hold WWDC for AI, and it's an employee-centric event, apparently. There's a fat cat that's become the top-rated tourist attraction in a Polish city. There's a fat cat in Omtown that's also the center of attention. We won't name the fat cat. And... I thought maybe, you know, some loans were maybe a little bit, I don't know, exorbitant, but a lawyer spent $10 million in loans spent just to live the Las Vegas hotel life and gamble for 24 hours, seven days a week for six months. Let's get into today's news. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am Om. I am Merwat, not Omtown. I am Merwat, and that is Omtown. And with us, as usual, is the AI from on high, the AI that goes by AI. You want to say hi to everybody? Good evening, Omtown citizens. So we've already got all of the articles uh, today. I, I'm not going to there. I'm just going to get right into it because I seem to do a little bit of a preamble before the show starts after kind of the quick rundown. And then I kind of babble for, you know, I don't know, five minutes or so. And it runs us a little long, but today it's Sunday. Let's get into the news right away. The very first article is in the Daily News Show channel, uh, and it talks about why Magnum PI has left CBS and where to watch season five now. If you're not familiar with what Magnum PI is, it's actually an older show that was reborn and rejuvenated with a new actor and uh, fellow supporting roles, and um, it was pretty good for the first four seasons, I'd say. Although in the fourth season, it started getting a little jump the sharky in my opinion. Uh, but I negotiations broke down and that's why Magnum PI has left CBS. 
And do you know where it is going? Uh, yes, it's going over to NBC. Oh, I scrolled down a little bit somehow. I don't know why. Um, this is over at newsweek.com. Laura Donaldson is the author. The house where it's actually filmed is gone. They, they raised it a long time ago now in the grand scheme of time. Um, you know, maybe just a little blip, but, uh, to those of us who watched the whole season or whole series of Magnum PI, uh, since its start. And I even watched the original, um, not to put too fine a point on how old I am. Uh, but you know, hometown gets all of the channels. So you can actually watch some of them, uh, online still, but this new Magnum PI, it was rejuvenating the whole uh, brand, you know, but I guess it broke down. The drama first began in 1980, starred legendary actor Tom Selleck and his mustache uh, as the titular. And I always love it. Um, titular. I, I actually think that there was a writer in his contract uh, specifically for extra pay for his mustache and the upkeep therein. So he had somebody that styled his hair and then somebody separate that worked on just the mustache. And that's not pretty much none of that is true. <laughs> At least not that I know of, but I have a vivid imagination. Anyway, Thomas Magnum, an ex-Navy SEAL who returns from uh, war and uses a special set of skills for a secret venture as a private investigator. It's not really secret, though, um, as a private investigator in Hawaii um, and it isn't exactly like that, right? So he actually ended up. So Tom Selleck plays Thomas Magnum, but stays in a multimillionaire's estate, uh, works as a private investigator in Hawaii, but is living there free because he tells his stories to the author that allowed him to stay at the house and, and uses car and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, this new iteration of it um, has a different, um, what would you call, what, what is her name? <laughs> she had a title. What was the title that was given to Perdita Weeks? Juliet Higgins. What was the, oh, you mean what, her character's name? Yeah. Her real name is Perdita Weeks, but she's Juliet Higgins. Um, in the original series, Higgins was male. In this um, series, uh, female. But the, not really a custodian, but for the house, she had this really... Like she's like an administrator or something of the state. Yeah, so... Um, they've always kind of been beaten around the bush that these two are getting close and then they fall apart from each other and then they get close again. And towards the end of season four, they were getting really close. Um, and it really kind of played into my idea that they were jumping the shark. Uh, but now over at NBC, who knows what the direction is going to take for season five. But that's where you're going to be able to go and find it if you are interested in that kind of thing. Just figured we'd let you know. Let's move on to the next article unless you have something to say about it. No, no I don't have anything to add. I, I think the fans made it happen um, because I think they wanted the show to continue. Right. So let me just back up then, um, because that's exactly what happened. 
Um, he actually posted, and by he, I mean uh, Jay Hernandez, uh, posted a picture on his social media basically saying that the end is nigh. And so many people spoke up about wanting to keep the show going that eventually, after the CBS uh, negotiations broke down, uh, NBC scooped it up. I'm not quite sure, you know, how long it's going to last other than it is going, it's already been written um, for two seasons. And that's, that's what they announced as the contract was two seasons. Uh, so I guess we're going to have at least two more seasons unless this thing entirely flames out. And they basically have a writer that says, if you don't reach this threshold, um, we cancel the contract for cause, but I guess we'll see what happens, but uh, I'll, We'll end up watching it, I'm sure, here in hometown. Uh, let's let's go on over to the next article. This one is also in uh, the Daily News show. Hearts melt as cat is filmed using an inhaler to help his feline asthma. Oh, this is sad. Um, quote, this is the most cooperative patient I've ever seen, said one user. And uh, this is the... The little video here, Maria Azura Volpe, I guess, is their last name Volpe or Volpe. I'm not sure how to pronounce it entirely correct, but this is over at Newsweek.com and uh, it's a little kitten. I wonder. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> That's not the video of the cat. You need That's... to scroll down further. Yeah, this isn't the video of the cat. So um, let's let's scroll down a little bit. So in the video shared on TikTok on Wednesday by the cat's owner under the name uh, Dash and Luna, uh, the black and white tuxedo cat has been laying on top of his owner, breathing into his inhaler as she holds it up for him. Let me scroll down a little bit and see. So there's the little kitty. Um, and let's see, where is it? Oh, I guess it's not there. Hmm. That's I too bad. I think you've blocked it because there was a there is a video in that article. Okay. I mean, so, there's at least a yeah, there was a video I think in one of those spaces. Right. Okay. Um, so treatment is generally multimodal in approach using a potential combination of inhaled steroids and or bronco bronchodilators, basically just like a human using albuterol uh, as well as oral, oral medication, including steroids, bronchodilators and other potential immunosuppressives. So this thing has gotten 1.3 million views and 240,000 likes. Hopefully it becomes, you know, one of those really popular uh, pet personalities online and uh, offset some of the cost and, and maintenance of having to do this. This doesn't seem like it's, it, oh, and this isn't a cat. This isn't the cat either. Uh, it, this is just titled a, as a Getty image, a file, a photo of a asthmatic cat ready for an inhaler. I don't think they're actually it ready. It does for not look inhaler. ready <laughs> based on its eyes. <laughs> <laughs> So they said, uh, it's like, you want me to do what? Yeah, really? That's going where? Um, okay. So since we, uh, it's probably just slow loading, but, uh, let me give it one more shot. I'll, I'll reload the page and maybe, um, it'll load up again. Yeah. See, it's, oh, it's, 
yeah, I don't know. I'm and I'm just spending way too much time on this uh, page for it to load. So I don't know what's really going on. Anyway, here, let's just move on and uh, we'll revisit it. Uh, obviously, you can follow the link through Omtown over to uh, the actual article and uh, see for yourself. So um, let's move on to the next article. This one is in the Hatch Ideas channel, how autonomous train bus hybrid could transform city transit. This is kind of weird. I, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm kind of surprised. This is a submission. Uh, an invention by the CRRC called the Autonomous Rapid Transit is a hybrid between a bus and a streetcar. So I guess this thing can just disconnect from the streetcar limits and go for a spin all around town. This is over at CNBC. Liam Mays is the author of this article, and it does have a video, uh, but I'm not going to play the video. Uh, this could could this new transit system transform cities like New York? Uh, probably not. Um, I mean, it's going to be an additional money sink. It'll change the way that commuters use uh, the not really rail transit system and bus system, but it's going to have to follow the same designated pathways, uh, just like a, a a transit vehicle would. So it it can't just go willy nilly. Um, yeah, I've. How do I put this without kind of uh, oversharing? It's not like you can take a cab and they say, you know what I want to do? I want to go visit my childhood home at two o'clock in the morning and show you visitors to my island nation uh, just where I live. Um, and uh, it's not like you can say no. So <laughs> you go with the flow. I don't think that this would be allowed, but apparently it says a Chinese company has radical new solution. It's a train bus hybrid that runs on rubber wheels, but follows a predetermined track. It's called autonomous rapid transit or art. And it's made by the CRCC. I, why did that? Why do I feel like it's titled something different somewhere else? Um, let me see something real quick. Yeah, CRRC, right? Then down here, they call it CRCC, <laughs> um, a, a Chinese mass transit manufacturer. I guess don't get your acronyms all caught up in the game. Uh, this apparently is uh, an art vehicle and it costs $2.2 million and is estimated to cost around one fifth the price of a traditional tram system per line or per mile. It uses stabilizing technology like active suspension systems that uh, help to make it steadier than a city bus. All, all right. Uh, but if it's following a predetermined path like a track, I'm not quite sure. I don't want uh, here. Uh, without putting too fine a point on this, I don't necessarily want cheaper. I want more reliable and safe, you know, cheap tends to be, you know, one of those things where it gets hit by a, a, a vehicle and it turns into paper mache and people get scattered everywhere not to go dark, but that's not what I'm really interested in. I want reliable, safe mass transit, clean 
I also want convenient though, and the fact that it's on a set track, I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, that's part of the problem with mass transit is that it doesn't go from the points that people need to the points that people need. So how is this really different? Because it says cities all over the world have proposed light rail systems that either get greatly reduced or don't happen at all because of the expense of putting rail in the roadbed. It's highly disruptive in the business community, said Lisa Chamberlain, a communications lead for the Global Center for Urban Transformation at the World Economic Forum. For residents, it's very expensive. This is a quote, this is a paragraph from in this article. They say that it's a train bus hybrid that runs on rubber wheels, but follows a predetermined track. So is that track nothing more than as designation in the road or is it? I don't know. I just get the impression that with the rail projects, they don't get funded. So then they don't happen. So then people don't take mass transit. So in concept, if there's a lot cheaper, maybe it'll be more easily implemented or adopted. I don't know. So I'm actually playing the video uh, over from CNBC uh, and we can talk about it, but I'm going to kind of jump around. So this is your standard transit system. And yes, it's kind of heavy lifting. You got to dig tunnels if you want it underground and not on the roads. But apparently, oh yeah, so it's this. It's essentially a bus that's connected, uh, which I've seen before, these uh, kind of accordion interconnected buses. But this is the same thing. So I really don't have any. Of course, it's going to be cheaper. And it has that little accordion style connection like you would see on a train itself. Let me pause that. So these are the little accordion interconnection so that I can make uh, sweeping turns. But it runs on hard wheels, kind of like a skateboard and just industrial size and it has to follow a track you just don't have to dig a tunnel and you don't have to plop steel track in the road um hell maybe uh you know trains should be doing this now like full-on trains guess what wouldn't have tippy canoed over and and <laughs> become a super fun site in ohio you know maybe this is exactly what needs to happen I don't know. Interesting timing that this should pop up. I rate. think it's very interesting timing. You know, the press release was probably put out like the day after the, all the train coverage. We've got a solution and it's been there all the time. Um, not quite sure that this would only be provided by a Chinese company. Uh, there has to be other providers of this type of mechanic because I swear I've seen something like this in, in within the last 40 years. There has been this solution by uh, domestic companies. Guess we'll have to see. Patent infringements in three, two, one. The next article is over on the Warcrafters channel. Let me throw this into the chat and into the show notes. It already is, by the way, so you can go over to hometown.showbot.tv and vote for all of the articles that you find interesting. Just head on over there, mash a couple of buttons for the articles that you like, come on back and uh, watch the rest of the show. Uh, we'll wait, but in the form of moving forward with the articles. I don't know. So not really. It's a, we'll slowly go on to the next article. You can open another tab. 
So the next article uh, is in the Warcrafter channel, and it's five new Steam games you probably missed. This is by uh, PCGamer.com and Sean Prescott. This uh, five new Steam games you probably missed is for February 20th, 2023. So they're a little bit ahead of us. This website is a time-traveling website. You're right. How did the article get written before the date? <laughs> yeah, they're in they're um, in Europe. I think they're in the UK. So this first article, uh, this first game that uh, we missed is right on because I've never even heard of it. It's called Birth. It's a, a Steam game uh, released on February 18th. It's ten bucks. I don't know how deep into the article. You know what? I'm just going to encourage you to go do a search for birth <laughs> uh, on Steam. Dreams in the Witch House. This too is a Steam game. Uh, all of these are, obviously, but I just want to drive home the point that they are. And this was released on February 16th. Let me pause this. Here's a more conventional point and click adventure based on the HP Lovecraft story Dreams in the Witch House, which has also recently been adapted for TV. Pretty neat. Um, I'm working on an HP Lovecraft project, as a matter of fact. I'll probably be announcing it here as soon as I've got everything complete, but it's in development. So if I keep talking about it, I will make it manifest into reality, much like HP Lovecraft. Uh, horror the great reading except horribly racist but it's cultural relativism you know at the time it was in certain sectors certain areas of society it was generally accepted to talk like this um, nowadays we wholly discount it uh, to the point where we uh, as a society might issue hp lovecraft to uh, the trash bin but it's interesting reading and you as a, you know a, a modern person can discount that and, and shake your head at it and say no 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 this is all wrong you, you can't forget history is my point so you can remember it and never let it happen again that said let's move on to the next uh game in the this set of five the last sh starship it too is uh, available on Steam and it was released on February 16th. It's $27. And this I haven't heard either, but I dig it because it brings back memories of a, uh, a movie that I used to watch called The Last Starfighter. So I really like this. It's actually from the creators of Prison Architect and DEF CON. Uh, comes a spaceship management game, which Studio Introversion Software describes as its most ambitious title ever. So sign me up. I'm going to go and put that in my favorites uh, and or get it so that I can play it. Uh, then the next one is Corpse Keeper. It was released on fe February 15th. It's $18. Another e early access game with tons of potential, according to the author. If you ever wanted a fighting game to inherit inherit the pace of dark souls weapon-based combat corpse keeper is basically that wrapped in a bleak fantasy roguelite and it's roguelite uh, package and then the next one and i think it's the last one is raid on taihoku 
It's uh, $18, released on February 16th, a narrative adventure game set in World War II Taiwan, right at the pointy end of its Japanese rule, according to the author. Raid of Taihoku takes place during the American raid on that city, and the objective here is to survive in the ruins. Ah, so one of those pleasant games. Well, yes. you missed the caveat. It said something effective. If it looks too dark, there is a dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's nice. Well, thank you for <laughs> uh, counterbalancing the dark that I was thinking about. So, okay, so let's uh, hustle on to the next article. This one's in the continuity report. Could mediocre movies save movie theaters? Then they tack a bunch of uh, movies here. Ticket to Paradise, A Man Called Otto, and 80 for Brady say yes. The little snippet says, quick, what do the following movies have in common? The cheesy middle-aged rom-com Ticket to Paradise, the curmudgeon finds his heart of gold drama, a man called Otto, and 80 for Brady, a road comedy about four octogenarians girl tripping their way to the 2017 Super Bowl well, all three are built around those once larger than life entities known as movie stars. Okay. I think most movie th theaters have entertainment that is from movie stars. I guess I'm missing the point, but uh, this is a variety article. Owen Gleiberman is the author, has pictures of the people who are all involved in these movies ticket to paradise a man called otto and 80 for brady let's see here and uh, they just drop all of the names so uh, i mean you just have to go and pull these up to see that if you have any affinity for these actors it, it's going to draw you into the movie theater or you're going to do what countless other people are going to do and that's wait Wait for it to arrive either on Netflix or on Hulu or on uh, Apple uh, TV or Disney or countless other streaming platforms. And and you just bide your time because you don't want to go to a movie theater because I don't know. Uh, you don't want to have to worry about some butthead uh, messing with their cell phone or talking through the thing or uh, uh, something weird on a seat or on an armrest or whatever, or even driving over to the uh, movie theater and having to sit in line if there is one. Uh, I, I just don't, I, I don't see it ever coming back to the way it was. Now there are some name brand draws. Um, you're going to go and see uh, huge production type of movies uh, like Pandora um right uh, wait what's it called yeah pandora right avatar avatar way of the water is the this last one i think it uh, you're gonna want to go and see pandora on the big screen right the this huge world totally immersive uh avatar was the draw back when it was first released and people went out of their way to see it now it's actually taking over the spot for titanic it's now number three uh in its total uh, revenue uh, but that's what's drawing people in this might actually be the sweet spot because the generation that's really going to embrace all of these are the one that's uh, not necessarily 
going to care for the idea that there is still a pandemic and they have, um, you know, they're not busting their hump day in, day out at work. So they may want to go to the movie theater uh, to get away from the house kind of a thing. Um, but <clears throat> I'm not going to go and see any of these in a movie theater. I'll, there's nothing that's going to draw me to it uh, unless, you know, 15 friends suddenly call me up and say, hey, you know, we all really want you to go and see this movie in a movie theater. Um, and get drunk before or after just to make it tolerable. Um, I'm not going to be going and since I don't really drink, um, I guess I'm not going to be going, but I don't see it really happening. These movies might be drawing people in, but I don't think that it's ever going to be back to uh, the days of yesteryear, uh, pre pandemic. Oddly enough, I think prices are going to increase. And so you might actually see ticket sales still matching pre pandemic levels, but it's because prices are going up <laughs> uh, for everything involved. Uh, but maybe that's just my anecdotal observation and looking at actually actual receipts uh, might prove otherwise. But this article is hinting at, yeah, uh, it will make money, right? Because that's what they say. These movies say yes. <clears throat> what do you think? 60 million for a man called Otto, 68 million for Ticket to Paradise, 50 million for yeah, 80 I mean, for I Brady. Think the article is, I think the article is showing that if you put stars that people know, even if they're not considered a list at the time of the movie release, it'll draw people in. But I also wonder. I suspect there's a generational difference too. Like, are these drawing younger audiences? If these are um, older stars, for example, where their their peak of their career was not currently, um, and if so, doesn't that disprove the article? Because that won't be sustainable as these stars in their careers, for instance. Right. I think maybe this article kind of hints at that kind of a thing. Um, they say, but I think 2022 was the year when people allowed themselves to get used to going to the movies again. What's going to keep them there is movies they can count on for an experience that reinforces in its very aesthetic, the comfortable and the conventional. I don't know. I just don't. I think people want to be comfortable, but they want to be comfortable in their houses now or in their apartments or wherever they are uh, and not have to get in a car and drive because just the mere thought of having to get in a car and drive somewhere, you go, well, okay, it's 10 bucks worth of gas just to get to the movie theater and then another 10 bucks just to get back, depending on where your movie theater is, obviously. Um, but if you're, you know, in the suburbs, you're, you're going to trek to wherever you're going to go to see a movie. And then it's 25 bucks for a freaking box of a bucket of popcorn. And you have to assign a mortgage, a second mortgage to get a drink and some jujubes. It, it's just ridiculous. So I'm pretty sure that they've got the, now there's metal detectors that you have to worry about and they have it tuned in to sugary treats so that you can't bring any food in 
um, you know how you put them in your um, bag or purse or back in the day it was people putting it in fanny packs I never had a fanny pack but anyway um, just showing my age just showing my age at any rate let's move on to the next article this is I think it's wishful thinking uh, about movie theaters Uh, The next article is in the Daily News show Abbott under investigation by SEC and FTC for infant formula business. Uh, Now uh, Abbott is being investigated in relation to their infant formula business uh, because one of their companies kind of just collapsed and well, not collapsed. It closed down because it had uh, serious issues with its hygiene. Uh, Sasha Pezenik is the author over at abcnews.go.com. And it said that Abbott is cooperating with the government investigations. And what ended up happening was um, one of the four, I think it's only four um, uh, processing centers that manufactured uh, certain special supplemental nutrition uh, AKA formula w- shut down because of issues with their uh, manufacturing process. And that actually hobbled everything during the, everybody could not get formula. And then I, you know, I, I, I really do think that this was happening and, I, but I can't substantiate it because it's not like there's intelligence that says that people were buying it to resell it on eBay or Craigslist or whatever. Um, although I don't think you can sell food on eBay, but you can sell anything really on like Facebook or Craigslist or your local, whatever, um, bulletin board type of, um, situation in your city or town or through schools or through work or whatever. You could sit there and say that you're selling formula. Um, but, it was so constrained that people were trying to make their own and supposedly people were babies were being um, made ill because the ratios weren't proper and uh, it's not over the counter kind of things. And I was one of those people that said, I think that we really need to figure out a way uh, to create a homebrew formula. I mean, society has been doing this for decades why why can't we find a uh you know regular joe's baby formula that can be produced by off the shelf goods common off the shelf goods um well they (laughs) abbott and the government and everybody would say please don't try and make your own formula you won't get the ratios right well you know, if uh, science and ingenuity is anything, then yeah, we can actually get the ratios right. We just need the formula. Huh, formula, get it? Formula. Anyway, the all of this happened. For the formula. I'm sorry. I said the formula for the formula. The formula for the formula. Uh, four babies who had consumed Abbott's formula contracted Chronobacter infection. Uh, that is what led to it being shut down. They found like standing water inside the manufacturing plant uh, and other violations for health and safety. Uh, it was the Sturgis plant. I think that uh, this was ultimately resolved, but not until the market got so constrained that prices had shot through the roof and people were suffering. 
Well, so I was just reading that there were four infant formula companies in the United States. That's not necessarily number of plants, but Abbott did have the highest um, market share. So obviously this plant closure was a significant impact of the industry as a whole, at least for the United States. Yeah, so from what I understand, they had somewhere around uh, two thirds of the market share and they only produced f the formula in uh, four plants, I think it was. Um, and obviously when one of them shuts down, the others can't just spin up more production. They can try, uh, but what ended up happening was the, the, the uh, market just got so constrained that prices starting sh started shooting through the roof uh, to the point where people were having to choose, do I eat or uh, do I get food for my baby or do I get, you know, other things covered as well? And that should just never, never, ever, ever happen in uh, the 21st century. It's just ridiculous. So, um, there, let me just back up for a split second here. They are still under investigation and I really doubt that anything uh, substantial is going to happen because you can't hold a business accountable and you can't hold the executive suite accountable with them without them being proven to be cognizant that their decisions is what led to it. If myriad people within that manufacturing plant completely wet the bed, uh, then it's a whole bunch of people, but not one person was directly responsible. And so they won't be held responsible for it. Uh, maybe somebody will be on the chopping block uh, in terms of management, but they're just going to go to some other plant and, and work there. Um, there's no real, real solution because uh, businesses can't be uh, like put in jail for willful negligence. The, the CEO might lose their job, but that's about it. It's very tough to put people in jail uh, within a business for business processes. It's really ridiculous, but <clears throat> it is what it is. So uh, let's move on to the next article. This one is in the Smack Talk channel. Hold on one second. I need to, I really, I did not put this into the show notes. Let me back up a little bit, folks. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll play catch up real quick um, and put these into the uh, VOD and into the show notes so that everybody sees it. And uh, now we're all caught up, but this next article is in the Smack Talk channel and it is following Twitter's lead. Meta launches its own blue checkmark su subscription for Facebook and Instagram costs $14.99 a month on iOS. It's $11.99 if you just do it through the web. So I guess the iOS Apple premium is still uh, three bucks. So, hey, this is how you try and get people to not use uh, iOS to subscribe. Yet you're still, you're still connecting to that audience, but they're just like, well, I'm going to go through the website, uh, so that, um, I get it for $12 instead of $15. Then they log in via the iOS device. So it's really disingenuous. Uh, the customer is still an Apple customer. They just happen to start using 
the product Facebook and Instagram um, on the Apple device, but then they go and subscribe on on the web. It's wild. Um, so Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook's parent company, Meta, which is really just Facebook, uh, has uh, today announced uh, plans for a subscription tier offering account verification with government ID. This is the creation of the WeChat Chinese ideology of verification of your identification. So there, an anonymity is dying just to get a blue check um, instead of people holding on to their identity. Now they're verifying it on these platforms, which is really the antithesis of what the internet has been since its creation. Um, you know, originally the internet was nothing but academics talking to each other and it was built to survive a nuclear attack from Russians. Um, then it got spun um, some uh, 40 years ago into a commercial enterprise and businesses were invited onto the internet. Um, and the little I became a big I. And as time has progressed, anonymity basically has been dying. And then you have people who it's self-supporting for their idea, uh, their ideal of capturing as much information about every single person that they start announcing, well, you know, uh, your identity is your privacy is dead anyway online because we know everything about you. You might as well uh, just give us your real name and your social security number and your phone number and all of this other stuff. Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg is the person that said this, that everybody is basically a dipshit for providing all of this information to Facebook. He said that while he was developing it at college. Um, and there's a lot of, well, anyway, that evidence is out there. You can just do a search for what he was saying at the early days of Facebook, but always banging the drum for privacy is dead. Privacy is dead. And now people are actually paying to put a coffin nail in their privacy by saying, well, I want the blue check mark and I'm going to pay 11 or 12 or $15 a month to do it. Well, you know what? You can get a blue check mark over at hometown.com and I'm not going to charge you for it. Uh, you don't even need to give me your ID. You just have to verify your account and you do that by having an email address and you go, well, I verified my e email address and the same rules apply. You know, don't be a tool in hometown. If you um, say hateful, vindictive, racist stuff or you uh, attack anybody um, short. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you threaten anybody, et cetera, et cetera, you're banned, gone, poof, done. Um, and so the check mark is lost and the email account is banned forever. And you, if you do it again and again and again, yeah, uh, what it amounts to is you'll just keep getting accounts banned. Yeah. And anyway, there's more to it. So, uh, I just think that this is stupid, uh, getting a check mark for verifying your identity should be something that is free. That is a draw that. People trust who the person is. The service provider should verify who they are 
and say, yes, we stand by the verification of that person. It shouldn't cost anything per month because it's a one-time thing. It's not like you keep on pinging these people and swinging by their house saying, hey, did you really just post that? Um, there's no post verification, 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 verification. So what really is the purpose of this? It's just to try and eke out a little bit more profit. So talk about late stage internet capitalism. This has to be like the, the, the very leading edge of end game because this is the equivalent of a store putting out shell uh, tables, folding tables in front of the operation and putting just knickknacks and bric-a-brac and garbage stuff for a dollar, um, hoping that people are going to stumble by in a drunken haze and purchase things. This is that table. Oh, it, it's $11 and 99 cents. You can subscribe to two and a half people here on Twitch. Um, for $15 a month, you can subscribe to three people here on Twitch and you'll get a ton of entertainment and you'll basically support somebody uh, providing that entertainment. And if you do it with smaller people on Twitch, you get more interaction. You know, if you like their personality, you like having a conversation with them, subscribe to a smaller, follow it. Hopefully they become, um, uh, not a partner, but an affiliate, and then they become a partner. Um, but as soon as they get the ability for you to subscribe, you can enter, not saying that that gives you the right to interact and be a tool, but if you support these people that you enjoy talking with, now is the time to do it. Don't go over to Facebook and Instagram because you're going to be paying 15 bucks a month and you're lost in the noise of all of these other people and you can consume for free uh, there. But, you know, here on Twitch, you can actually interact because the volume of other people communicating can be small. I think that this is just a money grab for billionaires to get more money. Um, and it doesn't really do anything. And I've ranted for, I don't know how long about this, but, and didn't even go over to the source, but, um, if you want to throw something in here, just interrupt me. Um, okay. I will. Okay. okay. Go, go, go. So this, this subscription also gives them direct access to customer support, which is just ludicrous because it's now become the norm that no companies really have customer support. And the fact that you have to pay for that and pay on a recurring basis just is indicative. I mean, that's not even something specific to Meta. I'm sure if anybody sees that, they're going to go, oh, wow, we should make people pay to call in and <laughs> go through a phone tree or whatever. And you'd be surprised. There are a lot of vendors that do exactly that, by the way. If you purchase a piece of software, you don't get customer support unless um, you pay a subscription fee, renew the license. Even though you can get all of the features and it's one and done, you can't get updates unless you pay a subscription fee. You don't get customer service unless you pay the subscription fee. You don't get priority sometimes unless you pay more. And depending on how much of a market maker they are, you have to pay per instance, um, which is just ridiculous. 
And it's all because there is a lack of competition and the bulk of people want to be where there are the most people. So that's how you end up with Facebook. That's how you end up with um, Instagram, TikTok, etc. is because it's gone viral and a bunch of people are there instead of pockets of people distributing out to others. Um, you know, and, and it happens here on Twitch as well. And it happens on YouTube and it happens in all kinds of places. Um, and, and that's all about discovery and competition. This is a money grab. Speak with your wallet and go somewhere else. Find someone else that you can uh, interact with and build a community with. And and you you'll be hailed a hero. And instead of just, you know, a, a billing code. Hey, thanks for your 15 bucks. You're still nothing to us except a charge. And yeah, that's just me. Anyway, uh, this is from uh, 9to5mac.com. Uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Mayo is the author of this. And they're basically talking about how now um, Elon Musk launched the paid for blue check mark on Twitter. And now Zuckerberg is doing it for meta products. And uh, Twitter actually hobbled two-factor authentication uh, unless you are a premium account holder, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, you want security on your account? Well, and on our system, you have to pay for it. Uh, this is so dystopian. Wait a second. So if you're paying extra for this blue check mark, but you don't have good account security, is that saying what I think it says in that somebody might be able to maybe hack in and use that account that looks like it's verified. So if you want more security on your account, premium or not, you, if you want SMS two factor authentication, you have to pay for premium account service. Um, so somebody can hack those unauthorized accounts, but the authorized ones, may have SMS, you still have to activate it and be a willing participant in SMS two factor. Um, but it's, that's not a very expensive solution, by the way, um, two factor and SMS two factor doesn't necessarily rise the level where it's going to be debilitating to somebody's bottom line. Um, I don't know. Elon Musk is trying to scratch as much, uh, money together to pay the bills for Twitter anyway. So that's just one more element. Um, he's trying to charge for all kinds of shit, but anyway, uh, that'll, I think this is just setting a precedent because these are the organizations that have the bulk of the user base, um, public social, uh, uh market. And so when one, I mean, it, you can't get any closer to collusion without some overt act or whistleblower saying these two have been partying together and they said, Hey, let's do this in tandem. You wait four more weeks before you deploy it, but let's do it together. You know, that's not what there, there's no evidence that that's what's happening, but come on. 
two billionaires decide that they're going to start launching a verification process that actually requires compensation to facilitate. It's freaking ridiculous. Anyway, well, it that, reminds me of the duopoly article we featured on different companies where we yeah. didn't necessarily think there was a duopoly, but this at least suggests there could be. Well, I mean, it, it certainly looks just like what happened uh, years ago with memory. Memory manufacturers started colluding together to raise their prices um, because they were hanging out and having meetings because they were all in the same market. So naturally it becomes collusion because they're just sitting there talking about this shit. Hey, are you going to raise your rates? Yeah, I'm going to raise my rates. Oh, okay. Well then I'm going to raise my rates too, because if you're going to get more juice from the orange, then I'm going to start squeezing too. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the next article. This next one is C animate uh, spaceship sim jump light odyssey's gameplay reveal uh, the authors of this article say that they saw a story trailer for jump light odyssey when it was announced last year highlighting its sweet 1970s anime vibes uh, inspired by star blazers or space battleship yamato uh, which both of those i love uh, now developer league of geeks kind of my spirit animal is giving us a closer look at the space-based roguelite gameplay and it's uh, pre-alpha footage but you can go over to pcgamer.com and read the article by uh, jody mcgregor and that's basically what it is and you know what i'm gonna play it let me mute it otherwise i'll get in big trouble dun, dun, dun. so it says that it's pre-alpha footage showing several areas of the sdf catalina being managed cutaway style from the captain sitting in the important big chair on the bridge to a greenhouse where food is farmed a med bay for the injured a hangar deck where starfighters are crewed and deployed a kitchen where food is served and a lounge where the crew relax by uh, playing chess and reading books um, and there's much more to it but it's basically a city builder in space and uh, you have to manage everything seems like it's going to be fun Wow, I, I just saw five people getting spaced. That's not good. At any rate, uh, that is essentially what the game is. And let me scroll down a little bit and see if do do do. Yeah, it it doesn't say um, what the price is, but I think it's early access over on the Steam page. You can put it in your favorites, and when it gets announced for um, public early access, then you'll be able to get it. So it's like SimCity in space with a little bit more stuff to it. Seems fun. Yeah, it looks like it could be cool. So let's move on to the next article. Sound good? Okay. Yep. Uh, this next article is in the Smack Talk channel. Apple holds WWDC for AI employee event and the talent we have is truly at the forefront according to this article uh, earlier this month apple held its employee only artificial intelligence summit as an in-person event at steve jobs theater now a report from bloomberg offers a few details about what it did and didn't happen uh, at that event 
uh, as the AI race continues to heat up. Let's go over to uh, 9to5mac.com. And uh, one second, please. Um, this is Chance Miller over at 9to5mac.com. And it says, uh, this is an annual event for Apple, but it received more attention this year as the likes of Google and Microsoft have announced new ways they are adopting AI alongside, of course, the continued evolution of ChatGPT, which is actually from a different uh, Tesla-related uh, company. So it says, despite the comment, however, German says that he's not aware of any game changer announcements for consumers, nor did Apple preview anything to compete with the new Bing or chat GPT. Well, just give credible results and you've got uh, being outpaced. Chat GPT is a little bit more creative, but I still think that it has the potential of spewing um, misinformation depending on how it's providing what the context is of the question. What do you think? Well, I think um, the fact that they're having an AI specific event is an interesting sign. Um, I don't know if they normally do this behind the scenes, but I'm wondering if we'll see anything official at, at the actual WWDC event. Yeah, this will be interesting, right? I I just don't see um, Apple doing anything front-facing AI uh, consumer-centric, you know? I don't see anybody from Apple saying, you know what, let's spin up a website and have people just use AI. I think it's more utilitarian for the back-end processing of solutions that are much more refined and um, solve a problem, an actual problem. Whereas to me, I think chat GPT and other AIs, um, create a problem because you have to verify everything, every damn thing that they say, you cannot just, uh, it's like walking up to your drunk uncle and asking their opinion on the current administration. You're going to get whatever garbage they might've been hearing. Um, and depending on how much alcohol they've imbibed it's going to be more extreme one way or the other you know i'm not even uh, picking a side here um it's a shame that i have to make the but, statement that there is a side but huh. but won't it be worse than that because people are supposedly getting facts from these chat gpts and um bing etc and it's not accurate like right. it's not even just opinion that might be off base. Yeah, even in their marketing, it's wrong. So they didn't even fact check for their own marketing. So what the hell is going on with AI? I, I don't want, you might as well just go to drunkuncleai.com if I swear it's going to be funny if somebody actually owns something like that, but it's, it's really odd that people are buying into it as anything other than a uh, um, like a writer's block kind of utility to break up whatever dam is there so that you can keep on moving forward with some creative process. Um, I use it as the thumbnails for the YouTube videos 
uh, simply because I can throw in a phrase. Typically it's the title and like the, the one that is posted uh, right now, it, the one before today's show. So yesterday's show, it says Diablo four to launch prices go up. UFO goes down and it is a, uh, a cartoon version of the devil sitting on a rocket that's pointing up towards the sky um, with the sun in the background and smoke everywhere else or clouds everywhere else. I think it is an awesome picture. It could easily be a shirt. Um, but that is what AI should be doing. Not actually answering anything. We are not Iron Man level um, Marvel superhero AI intelligence uh, solution providers. It's absurd. <coughs> it needs to be nothing more than um, a curiosity, uh, not a solution provider, because it's definitely not a solution provider. Um, and, and I've seen people that are uh, supposedly using AI for uh, stock analysis and, and doing technical analysis automatically and hate to break it to people, but that isn't analysis. That's nothing more than it taking the various weights that you're programming into the AI and saying, if you hit this trigger, you pull it, whatever it is up, down, sideways, some, uh, rolling, uh, three hour trend or whatever you want to put in there. You could do whatever noodly, whatever you come up with, um, and throw it in to these various programs. And they're not true AI. They're nothing more than stats analysis. Um, but they call it AI and then they start selling it as a service. So some people are using true AI to do market analysis, stock market, holistic analysis. Um, but the stuff that I've been seeing people do no, it's not, it doesn't rise to the AI level. Um, the stuff that does the real financial AI analysis that's kept under wraps and nobody's seeing it much like I think what Apple would be doing with AI, which is doing more analysis of things on the back end and then spitting something out for a human to pursue. Um, I don't think anything AI is going to be coming to, uh, can you imagine you, you're going to be talking to Siri and it's going to sit there and go off on a tangent worse than it does already. Yeah, that would not be good. All right, y'all let's, let's move on to the next two and last two uh, articles. Uh, if you heard that, that's some ambient music that's playing and streaming out to, to you uh, as well. It's, it's not supposed to be um, a, horror here i'll just move it on to something else it's not supposed to be a horror theme but apparently um even the ai flinched uh the next article is in uh, the daily news show a fat cat has become the top rated tourist attraction in a polish city with a perfect five star average on google maps a black and white cat named i think it's gate um is the top rated tourist attraction in uh my gosh how's that pronounced Szczecin, Szczecin, I'm not sure, Poland. Now, let's just, I'll round up to Poland. Uh, the fat feline has a perfect five-star rating on Google Maps, and one reviewer said, I'm very fortunate to meet this distinguished gentle creature. Aw. So let's go over, it says long-eared bat, Gatsik. So his name is Gatsik. 
That was close, but... Nah, not precise. Gatsik means long-eared bat in Polish, which I'm glad that this long-eared bat is um, pleasant because a bad bat leads to COVID-23. Uh, Stephanie Stacy over at businessinsider.com wrote this article. Oh, oh. That is a large cat. Yeah, Gatsik is uh, thick. Um, so a local animal charity asked Gatsik's fans not to give him any more snacks. That would be wise. Thank you, everybody. And let's see here. Gatsik means long-eared bat in Polish. The rotund feline has beaten out. Uh, I wish that they would pronounce that. Zezen, I guess. Um, other tourist hotspots, including the Pomeranian Duke's Castle, built in 1346. This Gatsik. must be a cool cat if it's beating out castles. <laughs> There's pictures. Dun dun. He does kind of look like a... I don't know. He must be a, a nice cat, but he looks kind of mangy, huh? Yeah, kind of street I think he's urchin. a stray cat. Yeah, I am. I mean, he looks like a little street urchin, um, but he's not underfed. Gatsik's previous previous listing, which had almost 2,600 reviews, according to Mental Floss, appears to have been removed, but a new listing has attracted nearly 500 reviews and an average five-star rating in its first 48 hours. One reviewer wrote, I'm very fortunate to have come here and met this distinguished, gentle creature. In August 2021, a person said that they'd flown all the way from Oslo, Norway to see Gatsik. As expected, he didn't pay any attention to me, which made the experience fully wholesome. If I could have uh, dinner with anyone in the world, I would fly again in an instant to feed him. Yeah, that's very nice. Anyway, Gatsik's appeal apparently isn't universal. One person gave him a one-star rating in 2022 because he stole a sausage. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should have gotten a five star. That's a story to tell somebody. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, this is pretty neat. Anyway, you can go and check out the rest of that article over at businessinsider.com. Uh, just follow the link. And uh, well, you know what? You can't follow the link if it's not in the show notes. So here it is. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Um, and the last article for today. And. Uh, hopefully, um, yeah, I, I, I keep this time frame reined in. Lawyer spent over $10 million in loans for fake clients to live in a Las Vegas hotel and gamble 24-7 for six months, lawsuit alleges. So the little snippet here is a California lawyer allegedly spent $10 million in loans for fake clients to fund a Las Vegas lifestyle for six months. LDR International, the company claiming to have funded the loans, sued Sarah Jacqueline King this month. LDR claims King provided falsified documents to secure 97 loans in 2022. Wow. Let's just go over to the source of this article, which is businessinsider.com. And Aaron McDade is the author. I guess they spent it all in the win. Um, I don't know about the encore, but 
That's kind of funny because the win has been around and then they built Encore, which is the second of the win style buildings. And they just, <laughs> I, I don't I know, know if that <laughs> just lacks creativity or they just leaned into it. Encore. Um, okay, so 97 loans in 2022. I wonder how they did that. A 33-page complaint in California Central District Court accusing Sarah Jacqueline King and her company, King Family Lending. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. King I Family know, Lending? I know, the name tells you exactly what she's doing with it. <laughs> <laughs> Breach of contract, fraud, and civil theft. The company accused King of providing them with falsified documents. And see, again amounting to a total of $10,258,500 from January to October of 2022. Come on, that's not six months. Anyway, <clears throat> the suit alleges that King would submit a promissory note to LDR International as proof that the loan terms had been agreed to, but the personal information of the loan recipients would be redacted. LDR, why in the world? LDR claims this prevented them from ever knowing for sure whether the loans they thought that they were funding were actually given to the intended client. So why keep on doing it? I think that there's And some... also, isn't that contrary to what a promissory note is? Because it normally has a person's name on name there, on for it. instance. Yeah. If you, if you get a loan secured, I don't think that it's done typically by a proxy attorney that blanks the identity. How does L LDR even have the ability to go into this contract knowing there's no meeting of the it minds? Makes me think, well, and it makes me think they're not following finance regulations. I think that's going to be the next fallout of this because... I think if I'm not an expert in finance, but if they were doing things by the books, these transactions wouldn't have occurred. I bet they get investigated following this lawsuit. That's really interesting. So King allegedly served as an intermediary in the loan process, separate from her law practice, King Rubin, starting when uh, she formed the King Family Lending LLC in February 2022. And the suit does not include any information about how much loan-related activity the company performed prior to becoming involved with LDR in January of 2022. And LDR claims that uh, King's ex-husband, Kamran Pavlavi, uh, has since fled to Morocco, which confirmed, or but uh, confirmed to the lending company that King was engaged in a massive fraud related to her involvement with LDR, or the husband was. That's why they yeah. left. There seems to be more to the <laughs> story here. Can you imagine and of if course, the husband... did she go to other lenders other than LDR? I mean, there might be more out there. Well, what if the husband was using uh, King's signature and acted as them, having not ever met LDR directly, perhaps? Thus, the reason why how do you get into an interaction where you don't verify the identity of the risk involving 
10 and a quarter million dollars worth of loans. You can't, you shouldn't. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it does look like King herself was submitting the request for the loans based on something higher up in the article. King sent LDR a picture of herself with NFL quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. The picture and others appearing to show King's successful lifestyle were seemingly meant to increase LDR's confidence in the fact that she was becoming a successful lender and trust that they would continue to fund loans through her. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had no idea. You know, I figured that the person would be uh, not as diminutive as they are. Right? Like, they would right. look and, and carry themselves and, and act. I'm looking at just a picture. And it looks like, you know, the girl next door kind of thing, you know, not like a juggernaut of finance that's capable of uh, conspiring to defraud 10 and a quarter million dollars worth of loans. Um, so LDR also included in the complaint a screenshot allegedly from King showing three Bank of America accounts that totals just $12 which she claimed is all the money she has left uh, in her name as of earlier this month. Wow, somebody's going to prison. So, yeah. So my idea that maybe it was the husband that was doing it and they fled um, is not necessarily founded in the facts that are presented even by King themselves. Um Wow. The last loan funded by LDR was issued in October and matured or reached the date when the loan was originally agreed to be repaid in full last week. And while the King, while the suit says King had paid interest on some of the loans, none have been paid back in full. And the lawyer is allegedly now in default on all 97. Wow. And I think there's probably more to the, the husband. I mean, we don't know what his level of involvement was. I mean, maybe they were both um, conspiring to do this, for example. And he had the means to leave the country and she had no uh, and nowhere else to go, but I guess prison. Time to turn state's evidence and try and lure him back. Guess who's probably not gonna be responding to any texts of uh, you up? No, okay. At any rate, that has been the hometown daily news show for you. Okay. <laughs> so that has been the hometown daily news show for, uh, the 19th. It's already the 19th. Can you believe it? Uh, February 19th, 2023. I guess we're done. Yeah. I don't have any other closing comments. Well, then good evening, hometown citizens, and we'll <laughs> see you tomorrow night. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.